The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code RTRS. It's brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process, processrealtor.com. And By Nature Pet Foods, the home of the soft shit award, slow cooked with super fusion. Get 20% off your first order at Chewy and Amazon with code 20RTRS. Oh, and our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get that black label bourbon. Uh, Stateside Vodka is the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Statesidevodka.com. On the show today, the Sixers and Tyrese Maxey spoil Alvin Gentry's first game as Kings head coach. Joel Embiid seems to be on his way back. And as we hit just sort of the dregs of the regular season, I wanted to get Mike to rank of the things that have happened over the last eight years, the crazier ones, rank them, is which is like the most? Do you know what I mean? Like, which is the most Sixers? Like, of those crazy things that we've lived through, like, let's rank them. Let's talk about them. Before we get going, a public service announcement. Tomorrow is the night before Thanksgiving. Many people go out and drink. People, I guess, go out and drink on Thanksgiving night, too. I, I've mentioned many times on this podcast, probably every year around this time, about eight, nine years ago, I don't know, whatever, my wife and I got rear-ended on the night before Thanksgiving by a woman who was not only drunk, was also on PCP and had a 10-year-old in the car. Uh, luckily, no one was like killed or anything. Um, there were some bad injuries, but no one was killed. And uh, I would just say there's lots and lots and lots of drunk driving in. Please just do not. Please be smart. Call the Uber. Send Mike the bill. He'll pay for it. Um, call the Uber. Call the Lyft. But please be, if you're going out tomorrow night or Thursday night, please be safe. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who's pouring one out for one Jason Garrett. That is Mike Levin. It's nice to win. It's nice to win games and yep. go win two games on this brutal road trip without most of their players. And mm -hmm. so I thoroughly enjoyed last night's win over the Kings. The Kings, who I do love. I do have a lot of affection for the Kings. And I do feel like someone throwing up on the court and then immediately firing their head, your head coach is a very Sixers thing to do. And I want to just, you gotta, you gotta respect an organization going through a very bad time. Kings obviously have gone through a much worse time than the Sixers have. I think for the most part, the Sixers have been stranger, I guess, as we'll get to later in the podcast. Yeah. Um, and the Kings have just been futile 
helplessly. And their fans seem to not even want that much. They just really want to be like good enough. Yeah. And like interesting and not mm -hmm. to move to a different city or threaten to or be that awful. Even just losing is fine, but just don't lose that badly. So I feel for the Kings. I want them to be good. And they have, they have guys I like. Well, I think I was, Luke Walton's a bad coach, but I'm hopefully better things for the Kings. I was going to say that about the players you like or whatever. I was watching the game. I didn't watch it until today because it was on late last night. I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, man, you've been bad for so long, and all you have are a bunch of players that it would be like, oh, it'd be good be fine to have that player, you know? I'm watching Harrison Barnes and, you know, he he's a helpful guy and Buddy Heald on the right team, helpful guy. And Darren Fox is like not a star or anything, but, you know, could be good on a good team or whatever. And and I, I just think, and you look at Marvin Bagley, which is obviously a, you know. He always, he always sucked. That pick sucked yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, bad pick. That pick sucked yeah. whether Luca was available or not. Like he just... I mean, I can see he's athletic. He can jump over the rim, but like he's not good at anything. There's nothing well, he's good at. And Rashawn Holmes, there's a, another. Obviously, we love Rashawn. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, you've been bad for so long. Like yeah. that's some like that they're not in this position now. But that's some like Timberwolf shit, and like they're just bad for so long, but nothing like really worked out. Like, how do you not have one guy? Right, I guess, and it's hard to get that guy ten years ago. Yeah, but even yeah. is, and he is even Marcus that Cousin that much better at his peak than De'Aaron Fox figures to be? I feel like probably not. I feel yeah, like talent wise, probably, but not in, in terms of like effect on the court. Yeah. All things considered, yeah, of course not. It's I think just they're both like top out at like the twentieth best player in the league, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for oh, sure. But they've they've had two good draft picks in a row in Halliburton and Davion Mitchell. But um, but even Halliburton's like he's fine, you know. He's good he's, helpful. He's a good helpful player. Really good helpful. Good player. helpful player, right? But on a team that's already good, I think, mm -hmm. you know. So, all right. Before we get to the game, and I wanted to mention Embiid, our Apple Podcast five star review of the pod. We are two thousand nine hundred sixty four. That number keeps creeping up. If it gets to three thousand, we all know what happens. Mike takes all his clothes off. Here is the review. Comes from nickname one two three four four two four three two four. The headline is Seth Curry Conspiracy. I mentioned this on the last pod. I am led to believe that Seth Curry wears the same undershirt every game. Mm -hmm. The white undershirt has two small holes in the back near the shoulder slash armpit area. Unless he's getting some kind of weird treatment where they have to cut holes in his shirt, but I'm pretty sure it's the same shirt each and every game. Update, I noticed Drummond's undershirt also has the same holes in the same spots. Huh. I feel like I'm going crazy. So is it more likely that there's some weird hole thing or more likely that Andre Drummond and Seth Curry both wear the same shirt every time and the shirts wear in the same spot? Mm, similar similar size mm -hmm. of shirt. That'd be funny if they both wore the same shirt. <laughs> Which yeah. would you rather it be? Drummond wearing a very tight shirt or Seth wearing a very baggy, huge undershirt? <laughs> the, 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 the latter. Yeah, probably a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Um, uh, and yeah, very bizarre. And before we talk about the Kings, there was an update with Joel Embiid that man Doc talks about. He got like he dr got dropped in the middle of the COVID era. Like he's like in quantum leap. Like he doesn't understand what's going on. He so he said that Embiid was 
doing one-on-one drills, I guess, or, but, and he had quote passed one test, which is not a COVID test. I guess it's a fitness test or something. And they're waiting for him to pass another one. So at least he's exercising. We had heard very little about Embiid's well-being of late. And it was making, yeah, we had, I talked to you off the pod that I was like worried. Um, but at least he's exercising and doing drills and stuff, which is a, a good sign. You know. Yeah, and Drew Hanlon posted a picture at the Sixers practice facility. Oh, so I didn't see. It seems like he's been working him out there while the team's on the long road trip. So it would be nice to have him back. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he's coming back for the Golden State game. No. Um, but <laughs> getting that beat so bad. I don't know. This is a weird team. They might be like okay. last. They either lose by 40 or like lose by like two. Well, hopefully Tobias doesn't play. So do you want to talk about, I feel like we lead off talking about Maxi every time. I want to give you the player outside of Maxi that I felt the best about during the Kings game. Then we can talk about Maxi. You all right with that? Sure. I thought you look at his line and it's not particularly impressive, but I thought Cork was like a pretty necessary player during that game. You know, his perimeter creation like his comfort doing those things and his he's obviously a very different player than maxi his like everything that he does is crafty and like basketball movie if if you you will and i like i I thought he found guys in important times and in the fourth quarter had two or three buckets just getting to the hoop pretty easily and confidently that for a guy who you know makes his money quote unquote hitting threes when a shot wasn't on and, and didn't look like it was a particularly sh- good shooting game, I thought he was impressive. And he's he's not played, he's not had looked good since Embiid got hurt. But this game, I thought, like, I don't think they win that game without him. Um, He's clearly struggling shooting the ball. He was mm-hmm. two for four from three. But I think he passed up a lot of looks that he would normally take mm-hmm. in favor of floaters, which I... Th- it's an it's an Unterberger special, but I too many floaters, like way okay. too many floaters. Please stop. Um, but he's over this season easily shown uh, his most creation abilities. Yeah, um, getting guys the ball and wraparound passes, little lobs, and I do think he's definitely improved as a finisher around the rim and using his body to get places. He drew a bad foul that it was the wrong call but him doing it was nice to see uh on Halliburton where he kind of like lunged in front of him and absorbed the contact and stuff um he's an improved player he's a good player he's just a good player I think the team he will be better served when he can do a little bit less of that because it's not his bread and butter like you just want him to be able to hit catch and shoot threes you want him to be able to you know on a dribble handoff if they go under he can he can hit that I would like a little less creation on his plate and a little more just like he, he should be the best shooter on the team. And he hasn't been for the last few weeks. And I think it's just because there's not enough guys that can do other stuff. So he can settle back into that role. It's sort of probably the, the similar reason as to why Curry has not been quite as good. I mean, those, I, yeah. the, the fall off of those two guys has been the most noticeable without Embiid that and, and, 
Drummond, there's a question about Drummond's rebounding later that I have to bring up to you as you as a, a Drummond rebounding denier. Yeah. It'll, it'll I, be no, I want to say it. I'll, I'll say it right now. I, okay. drum, this was a this was a good Andre Drummond game. Like, I'm not that you're more negative on Drummond than I am. Um, I'm specifically anti him as a rebounder, but the last four or five minutes of the game, very he really won them the game by his rebounding and activity, offensive glass, defensive glass. I thought he rolled hard. He played under control. Um, he didn't try to do too much. He was once or twice, but overall he did not. Yeah. yeah, once or twice. There was a couple I started making my notes. Like it seemed like he didn't give a shit in the second half. And I was like, here we are in in for like a sh-. he was good in the first half. And then I was like, okay, here we go. I thought he really played well defensively, getting his hands in there, blocking shots at the rim. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had a couple, he had a couple nice end of shot clock possessions. Where he's like, okay, there's three seconds left in the clock. I got to make a quick move to the basket, and I think he got fouled a couple times. Um, doesn't have great touch inside the restricted area. Doesn't it doesn't have the burst that he used to have as a younger player. Missed a lob dunk. It, it, it's going to be good and bad. Like I think this is just like he is an above average to one of the best backup centers during the regular season who will be in the playoffs exposed in bad matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, but some, but this was a game that I think he won in the game. He had the best plus minus in the team, and really like very impressive. Border, like wonder if like Tristan Thompson's offensive rebounding display earlier sort of like revitalized Drummond watching that and being like, oh yeah, I can do that if I feel like it. Um, and he did, and he out rebounded the whole team, and it was it was big. But he won them the game in the game they needed to win because they're probably going to lose to Golden State. So. As we talk about Tyrese Maxey, I wanted to, on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, our, our presenting sponsor, go to the awards section of the futures. You know, the app is very easy to navigate. And I want you to guess in the awards section, most improved player. How many people have shorter odds to win most improved player than Tyrese Maxey? Your guess. Um. It's tough as a second year player. Mm-hmm. It's still like I think the 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 rule the, the the award maybe shouldn't go to those kinds of players because they're just still so young and improving generally. And I, I generally like it as more of a mid to late career award. Um, I can tell you the people ahead of him, none of them are mid to late career. I can, oh, I can yeah. Now I, I won't say what years they are, but, but they're all early. I feel like one of them is Ja. I feel like one of them is Ja. Correct. So Ja Morant at DraftKings Sportsbook, our presenting sponsor, is the um, the leader. Hold on, I lost it. Uh, awards. Hold on, the the app refreshed. That's not on me. Ja Morant is the favorite at plus one sixty. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, there's not that many other guys that it could be for telling me it's it's early career type things. Is hero, only, hero is, is pegged for sixth man, so I doubt he'll be there. Well, Hero is third at plus fourteen hundred. Okay. okay. Yep. Let me. I'll say Maxi is fourth. He is seventh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So John Morant plus one sixty is the favorite. Then Miles Bridges, who has looked fucking awesome, at plus three fifty. I'm Tyler not a Bridges hero. guy. He's intermittently awesome. Sometimes a little lost. Yeah, but he's good. He's fine. Wow, Miles Bridges denier. I, no, I did Miles not Bridges know that. Yeah. No, um, 
Then there is, I don't know why the app keeps refreshing, uh, maybe because it wants me to see the new odds. Then uh, Hero at plus 1,400, Cole Anthony at plus 2,000, DeJounte sure. Murray at plus 2,000, Anthony okay. Edwards at plus 2,500, Jordan uh, Poole at plus 2,800, and like then Tyrese Maxey at plus 3,000? That's a good buy. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to win it, but that's a good buy. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, our official uh Sportsbook. Hey, also at DraftKings Sportsbook, the uh, unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL, right now, new customers bet a dollar on any team to score and you get a hundred bucks in free bets. Come on, bet a dollar on any team to score, you get a hundred bucks in free bets. Also giving new customers a free shot at millions of bucks in their in total prizes with their first deposit at Draft uh, DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. Bet a dollar on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. Get it? With promo code RTRS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This was a game for Maxi in which... The, uh, what was he, 0 for 3, 0 for 4 from 3. So it's not like the shot was dropping, but still, I thought, like, played a nice little game defensively, had a couple of moments defensively, and just continues to, like, like thrive. It's, like, crazy. What do you have, 24 points? Is that how many he had? It's just, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I don't even know what to say other than it is stunning that he has gotten this much better in his second year. And he just continues to do it, even when the shot isn't, you know, falling. I don't know. Just fucking, I don't even know what else to say anymore. It's like, stop. yeah, he's, he's just the man. Like he's just the coolest. It's such a delight to root for him. It's such a breath of fresh air. Bodner was talking about how it's surreal watching a guy like this improve as much as he has because Philadelphia tends to be the place where people forget how to shoot and mm-hmm. for him to be growing and learning and not just shooting, but like at other elements of his game and getting more comfortable. He just like, doesn't, he has his one elite skill is the ability to burn anybody in the league going right at the rim. And there's just, I was going to no ask one. you what his elite skill was. I was talking about with I, MOC. Earlier. There's no one that can stop, stop that. Like he's so fast and guys get close, but he's really good at finishing there and he's gotten a little bit better. Not as, not as good as he's going to get a little bit better at drawing fouls there. His free throw rate is significantly up from his rookie year. Um, he got, he took eight, eight foul shots last night. Some of them were in garbage time. Um, but he's just like, he burned anybody. He dusted Fox, did like a rejected mm-hmm. the stream and, uh, went down the lane for a, a nice two handed dunk. Uh, they started because they now it's in you know he's the main guy you're scheming against when when Embiid's not there on def, on defense and they're starting to play back on his drives because they're scared of it and so he can walk into just the threat of that right-handed drive he can walk into 12 footers and he has and and he's He's really good at that. He's just like, he's shooting a crazy high percentage on twos. It's ridiculous. Even one time Rashawn was running with him, pretty good shot blocker. Couldn't do anything. Just got it over him. Still went in really nice play. He he slams into the stanchion all the time. Just like running full speed at the stanchion. He does. That's a a little bit worried about him. A nice notice thing. I, I, he definitely, he would, 
uh, there should be some sort of like deceleration uh, ability there, but he really goes into it hard. Um, he's incredible. He's incredible. And I, I think it's a, maybe just because of the coaching change, but he's been there, but like pretty inexplicable for Alvin Gentry to have Davion Mitchell, who's one of the best on ball defenders in the league already, um, pressuring on ball defenders as a, as a rookie. And for him to not be ball pressuring anybody outside of Maxi late, I think it was wrong. Like they just allowed the Sixers to get into their sets a little bit too easy, but you know, they're a bad team. Um, but yeah, I mean, Maxi is a good defensive player at this point. You know, he's limited because of his length. Um, but even when the, the, the outside shots weren't going down, but I was still happy to see him take it. A couple step backs when they went under. Um, he was doing most of the creating of the offense. So it wasn't like it was just easy swings to him and stuff. He's just like really good. He, I mean, he didn't turn the ball over again. Like I know that um, I know that we, we want to see him turn the ball over a little bit more just because it means he's taking more risk from passing the ball. But he's not turning point, the ball over like but, his handle. His handle's not turning the ball over. And it's not like he's just doing dribble handoffs all the time. Like he's making the right reads. He's finding guys rolling bigs. He's kicking to the corner. Like he's making the standard good point guard passes. He's just not like generating assists. He's not passing guys open quite yet. He's not LaMelo or anything. And maybe he gets to a point where he, he does, starts to do a little bit more of that. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is another guy that does that kind of stuff. Um, but he's not like not passing. He's not, he's making the right reads. Um, and he's just like really s- strong with the handle and fast enough to get by guys. And he doesn't need to take too many risks. Although I'd like to see him take some more. To your point about the turnovers, like when you look at the top 10 players in turnovers in the NBA every year, it's always the best players. You know, it's just, it's always the, the, the primary perimeter offensive players who are turning the ball over. And there's an occasional one, you know, you'll see Russell Westbrook in there and you'd be like, ah, well, I wouldn't want him. But, but by and large, if he is creating the way that you want him to, and I know we're, you know, uh, two months into his second season, but but that's the point. Like the the want him to take more risks and and those sorts of things because if he is doing that, then he will turn the ball over. But it will mean that he's creating more and and those sorts of things. So, but it's a you know it's you're nitpicking at that point. But when you think about what he projects as, that's where it's got to come from because I I just I keep going back and forth what is it more likely he is he, that a great scorer or or just becomes more of a, a point guard and I think it's got to be the second one for some reason like I think he's if if you're if you're going to look at a trajectory I just never see him as a 30 point a game guy or 25 point a game guy or anything um I think it's more likely that he gets to being a seven and a half or eight assist a game guy then he gets to 25 points a game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't feel the need to really put him in a box like that. Um, wow. I think he's just a, a guy that continues to improve and work on his jumper like he has. He's scored 20-plus 20, 20 points per game on really good efficiency around the rim. He's still shooting like 39% from three, even after an 0 for 4. Still early, so the stats are you know going to swing a lot on those kinds of things. Um, he, you know, getting passing lanes running out in transition, finding out. He's just like really, really good. And I think he absolutely has a chance to be one of the 10 best combo guards in the league. Um, 
the he's just really good and i just i i feel very lucky that he's on the team uh i'm Who i'm excited to see more Embiid and maxi playing together and seeing like okay can this be you know he's gonna struggle get come playoff time he's gonna struggle he's gonna have guys that like oh this one they're taking this away from him so what is it how does he adjust he's still young he's not, he's not gonna be you know play at an all-star level all the time but just really, really exciting. There has not been a guy like this on the Sixers in a really long time. It's Mike Muscala, man. God bless him. I'll kiss him. Kiss him. Who are the best, the best uh, combo guards in the league? Like in, in your opinion, I'm trying to think of like who you're putting them in. The... Um, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. Okay. Um, I mean, Ja Booker. Yeah, Booker. Ja's a point guard. Um. Yeah, those those kinds of guys. Uh-huh. I think he can be. I think you know, he's he's just really good, man. I don't know, I don't know. I'm 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 along for the ride. I had high expectations. He is leaping over them. Yeah, I love I love that he actually dunked. Maybe there's more athleticism there as he gets stronger. Who knows if there's like more ver- vertical athleticism to him? Just really, just a, and he's such a delight. Every interview, I like watch interviews with him. I I like don't really watch that many interviews with the Sixers because it's like. They're all kind of the same most of the Too time. Too many chances there's an advertisement for a product in there. Yeah, and also re- <laughs> reluctant to see any more NFT promotions. Um, but like, he's just so he's he's so watchable anywhere. And I don't know, I I'm smitten by how good he is, and so excited to keep watching him get better. Mike, uh, it is time for the soft shit award i know you never think about it until i tell you it's time for the soft shit award so you should start scrolling through the internet start thinking about it. the by nature pet foods soft shit award um i so now because i go to work so early i go to work at like 5 a.m now so i walk my dog beforehand walk him at like 4 30 a.m which means that i'm picking up poop in the dark in leaves and let me tell you, you don't want soft shit when that happens. No, no, no. You want you need firm turds because you might not find them right away. If you give your pet by nature pet food, they're gonna have firm turds, no soft shit, because their their bowel movements will be healthy because it is healthy food made with premium products and cooked the right way. Premium probiotics, super fusion, super ingredients spinach, blueberries, cooked the right way, slow cooked. So it's more nutrient rich. So your dog or cat metabolizes, gets all the nutrients in it as it quickly metabolizes food and only leaves firm poop. That's right. By nature, pet food. Go to Chewy or Amazon, dog or cat, by the way, Chewy or Amazon and use code 20RTRS for 20% off. It's so healthy. I've said this before. You go to buy pet food. They're like indoor cat, outdoor cat, big dog, small dog. No, no. When you're thinking about human food, what's good for somebody is good for somebody. Broccoli, right? Good for everybody. Apples, good for everybody. By nature, pet food is healthy. So it's good for whatever size your dog is, whether your cat is indoor or outdoor. By nature, pet food. Code 20RTRS at Chewy or amazon.com. It is a family owned and operated uh, business and they've been around for 40 years and never had a recall on any of their products. All right, the soft shit award. Mike, take it away. 
I'm, I'm, I give it to people that are hmm. that I'm specifically thinking about John Gonzalez, but it's not just him, but like people that clutch their pearls at like, oh my God, LeBron and Isaiah Stewart, like well, he elbowed him and then he got upset and like, what is this happening? Like, I get why, um, especially in Detroit, you want to make sure that doesn't get out of hand. It wasn't a great look from Isaiah Stewart. No, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he he definitely, like, went above and beyond. He got popped in the face. And so I get why he, mm-hmm. like, just saw red and everything. Yep. Um, and he's a young kid and he's got to find a way. He's, like, 20, I think, second year in the league. He's got to, you know, that'll be something he works on about, like, controlling his aggression and stuff. He plays very hard and everything. But, like, LeBron, who, like, I've, I feel no need to, like, defend LeBron. He's got plenty of people to do that. But, like, that ha- happens in basketball. Like, Sometimes you pop somebody in the face and it's like somewhat on purpose or some not, somewhat not on purpose, but like it a hundred percent happens all the time. And he was, and he did like a, Oh fuck my bad. Like he did the like, Oh shit. Yeah. I, I did that thing. My bad. And then obviously Isaiah Stewart like lost his mind, but like it just happens. It's a physical game. And this is something we're going to have somebody on in the future to talk about uh, a book they are writing or wrote. Um, and in the past, we Chris did this, Harry. like, I, I don't think it needs I don't know to be if we want to tease it or not. <laughs> but, like, especially with the 90s, like, yeah. 90s Knicks book, people, like, love glamorizing, like, the 80s and 90s, like, brutality and, like, how physical it was. More 90s. More 90s. Late, sure. Yeah, late 80s. And then. The yeah, the De- Detroit in the, in the yeah. 80s. Um, and it's like, and then, like, this thing happens and it's like, there's no place in the game for that. And it's just like, what are we doing? Maybe those aren't the same people saying that stuff. But anyway, okay. I give, I give the soft shit award to people that, like, clearly have never played basketball before or forgot what it's John like. And, like. If you slow it down and look at it, it'd be like, that's ill intent. And he might as well have wielded a knife and stabbed him in the face. Like, it's just sometimes when you're scrapping with somebody, you pop them in the face and then you go, my bad. And then it's fine. And we don't have to, like, deliberate like if he's a dirty player or not like it happens what a moment gans retires this week and then gets handed the soft shit award for you <laughs> now the, the the pearl clutching just just to clarify was just it was it was over there's no place in the game for this sort of thing is that yeah the, specifically the, that the, i think it's just like people that it's like that happens in basketball it right. ha- it happens and sometimes people get mad and then it's like oh, okay we're cool all good and we move on but it, doesn't have to got, be. it feels like a referendum on on stuff. LeBron's got bigger problems. That fucking terrible team he put together. LeBron's got bigger yeah, problems getting not, beat up not by Isaiah Stewart. Anybody else? Oh, it was a great Thibault game. You know, I, there was that one steal where he just like it was sort of like a, a pass in the flat that the quarterback didn't know that the safety was hanging out there, and he just popped, and it was. It was more like a defensive wow. lineman, honestly. Like just like popped yes, up yes, yes, above yes. You're the right, thing and right, just like grabbed right. it and went the other way. He he's just so good. And that was Halliburton that threw that pass, and Halliburton was killing them with just like lob to Rashawn, lob to Rashawn, lob to Rashawn. Um, and for Matisse to spot that in, in like semi transition and just like grab it out of the air. He's incredible, man. Um so fun to watch play defense. Unbelievable. And I thought he just like provided a lot of energy. Um he cut, he had a bunch of baskets off cuts. Um, he had a bunch of baskets just getting out in transition and finishing well or getting fouled. Um, I think there was, he, he did have the, you know, every Matisse three, you have to like break it down and go like this. And this is why it's good that he took it and made it. 
um, because I'm excited about it. And I, you know, him improving as a three-point shooter is huge. And I think he's just getting more and more confident. On one possession, he missed the three. B-ball Paul got the rebound and passed it right back to Matisse. And Matisse had the confidence and not, you know, stuck in his head uh, ability to just go out there. And, and he had, he just took the shot again and it went in and it was nice. Um, and I, I just really, really believe in Matisse being like, a, a continuously more helpful player offensively. You can t- you can see him getting better with the ball in his hands in transition. Um, so often last year, or the year before, he would kind of just go up and fling the ball up and be a little clueless. Now it seems like he's much more in control and composed. Finishes strong. Like it's nice to see, and the defense is incredible. Obviously, uh, really nice Matisse game. Really nice. I also want to, if we want to pivot, shake. Shake oh, yeah. is nice game shake, from shake. Great shake game. Yeah, just like tough buckets. Tough mid-range. It seems like he's he's so patient. He has somehow made himself even slower this year. Like he's a he's slow compared to NBA players. He's absolutely slow. And then he comes into this year after like an up and down last season. And the fix to make himself better is to like go even slower, which is remarkable. He's Jamie Moyer out there. It is unbelievable how he can could because he's long. Because he's got a nice handle, sometimes it's a little bit looser, but he he shoots the ball high. He can get a shot off kind of from wherever. Um, he had two straight threes on uh, when they were going behind on screens uh, from the top of the key. It was nice. He had a couple of big shots around uh, late in the paint and around the rim. Just like he's great. I feel I feel like Shake was the guy. I've always been a Shake dude. But like I feel like be, with with Maxi stepping up, with Matisse on defense, with Isaiah Joe being as prolific an outside shooter as he is, he's the guy that of that crop of guys, I started being like, all right, we'll throw him in the Ben trade, and, and that that'll be a sweetener. But like he's really good, and he's just a really helpful guy, and he's never going to be a primary option or a, even like running running offense much. But like as a secondary initiator who can kind of just do everything all over the court, he's a really really helpful player, and he had a nice game last night. He's been good lately. Just want to note to CJ, we're doing this pod live on YouTube, and somebody in the chat, his only comment was a, a sleeping emoji. So put that guy in timeout for five minutes, and he can't make any comments. Every once in a while, CJ is like, "Hey, did you did you ban some guy?" And sleeping emoji. I'm just no. Nah. If you're tired, if this is boring to you, you gotta you gotta leave. I was so, typing yeah. in the chat good night to him, assuming he was gonna go to sleep, but you know he took care of it. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Every once in a while, I have to moderate. Uh, are you ready to go to? The, was there anybody else from the game? I mean, a couple, was... couple more things. Oh, uh, okay. B-ball Paul with the short rotation with obviously no real starters outside of Maxi there. B-ball yep. Paul got some run at the four, and I do think that him at the four it's a little bit of a Jonah Bolden redux, but I think a better defensive player eventually. He's been struggling lately. He seems a little bit lost. He seems a little bit more like loose limbed. Just sort of like flailing around out there a little bit more than I like a little bit of flailing for Bebo Paul, but a yeah. little bit of tightness. He had a nice, he had a nice bucket. He does give you more offensive rebounding at the four, which is helpful, um, especially when Embiid's out there and if they end up Doc playing together in different him. different spurts. Doc, Doc um, doesn't want his bullshit. No, he doesn't want him out there at all. He's but got he just no like time. he really struggles. the The benefit of he's not a great defensive rebounder, Bebo Paul, um, at this level. So like you're like, well, maybe playing with a four and you give him some and not the responsibilities, but like he just is not a confident shooter right now. And you don't want him to be because he's not good enough yet. And so he either has to get better 
as a defensive rebounder at the five so that his switchability plays or shooting on the offensive end so he could play a little bit of four in if need be. And right now he's a little in between. And and Bassey's been good. Bassey wasn't great last night, didn't really pop that much, but um but it's an interesting I wonder if one of those guys gets traded this season. Um in in a, a as a sweetener or something like that. I'm not sure. Um Isaiah Joe. Love Isaiah Joe. Yeah, got had a had good some good run last night. Eleven you know? points in the first half. Hidden shots. His gravity is just incredible. He had a really nice little step through floater with the shot clock expiring. He's not just he's not just a just a shooter. He has some elements. I want him to mostly do shooting. I want eighty percent of the stuff he does to be shooting. But it's nice to know that he has other stuff in his bag too. And I want him to. I, he needs to keep getting minutes. Somehow we got to find ways to get him minutes if that's resting guys like Danny came back too soon. We need we need Danny in the playoffs. So I I need. Danny to make sure he's like fully ready with the hamstring to come back. So like, let's play some more Isaiah Joe. He had a tough start to the season after a great training camp. Bring him back in there. And then I just want to say, Niang wasn't excellent last night. He did a bunch of stuff well. He hoists no matter what. I just think like defensively, even though he doesn't move his feet, uh, he's not fleet of foot. He moves well and he rotates so well. He forced to travel on Alex Len, who's like six inches taller than him, basically at the rim just by being there. He's just a really smart, heady player on defense and he tries on defense and gets his body in there and he's and he's good and i i just don't think he's going to get occasionally sure but i just don't think he's going to be problematic defensively in the playoffs i don't i think he's too I smart disagree. i think I he moves well and i think they he gets his hands in there enough and i'm i'm just not concerned about it hmm. i am i'm going to register my concern it is interesting that I, I can't believe you would suggest that George Niang isn't fleet of foot, though. I mean, that has to be the first time he's ever been described as such. I, I think it will be a problem, but I don't know. I hope we, I hope we're at a point in the play, getting to the playoffs, where we're like worried about stuff and we have we have hopes. And so, the uh, YouTube comment of the week. The wait, what was the? It wasn't just the YouTube comment of the week. What was it called? The hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week. Is that what it was? That's what it is. That's what it is. Brought to you by Stateside Urban Crab Vodka. Easy to stomach. The the Black Label Bourbon, which comes out once a year, limited release, is out now. So Black Label Bourbon, statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21. The sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Sign up at rightstrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Okay. Hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week. If the NBA did a 2020 redraft, where would Maxi go? Would be a would he be a top five pick? I think Lamelo and L- Edwards would go one two, but I could see teams discussing taking Tyrese at three. Okay, so Edwards and Ball would both still go ahead of him. Um, yeah, after I was that, actually looking at this today um, okay. and thinking about it, not knowing this is a question, but uh, yeah, I think Max is in the conversation for three for sure. I think. For some teams, maybe Devin Vassell's in there. Maybe Halliburton's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Quickly. Some people, some wrong teams would still probably put Weissman in there. The Warriors need to trade him, like, instantly. If they're thinking, like, he's the future of the franchise, they're just so... It's so wrong, and it's in, it's just so wrong. They need to trade him. He's going to become Jill Okafor in a second. Like, he's in a second, he's going to be Jill Okafor, where it's like, oh, we don't care about his draft position anymore because he's bad. And that's what's Max or Wiseman getting injured is like a gift to the Warriors because people can be like, oh, he still has potential. He, he's just going to be like totally. Look at Nick Richards. He's a guy I've always compared him to. Nick Richards is a little bit smaller, but like there's a just a slightly not 
crazy high IQ at Kentucky big man who just mm. oh, eventually now that he's like deeper into his career, like, you know, he's probably like 23 or 24. Now he like, he knows what to do as a backup center. And that's all he has to do. Charles Bassey, same thing. Like you just, you just want a guy that does that. And to draft him at two is insane. To draft him at really mellow is the worst pick, one of the worst picks of all time. Um, trade him before he makes the team worse and his value tanks. Um, uh, I think Desmond Bain is probably in the conversation, like in the top 10, but I, I feel like people, you know, he's, he's pretty old. So Cole his Anthony. upside is limited. Cole Anthony, I think, is, is around there. He's been better than I thought. He yeah. wasn't good last year, but he's really started to pop. He definitely worked on his game and his handle and his jumper over the offseason for sure. Um, he had a rough, rough year at UNC with low talent and then not a great rookie season. Um, but I would say Maxie's easily a top five pick. Easily. He's right around there for sure. Yeah. It Honestly, looking at the draft now, it doesn't look like a particularly impressive draft a top and has been better this year than he was um, Patrick Williams is, last year. is going to be good yeah and and he's a guy that they have pegged as the starting four for a while when he's get when he gets back there's there's a bunch of good good players in that draft that are uh that are going to be helpful players but as far as like who projects as a possible borderline all-star at least um Maxie's definitely in the conversation and maybe only like four other guys are so there hasn't been an update this week with number 25 and Clutch and the Sixers. It's been pretty quiet. And I was thinking, you know, it's here we are. We've mentioned this is the most, one of the most painful situations that we've gone through over the last eight and a half years. But I, I tried to break down the, I tried to come up with the biggest ones. And I wanted you to maybe rank the top three and like, which are the the most? I, I I say most Sixers, but I just mean like the the biggest. I guess I, I I don't know what word the biggest and weirdest. Everything that we talk about when we talk about these stories, which one which ones are the most? So the ones that I have are Burnergate, the Fultz entire situation, uh, this current situation, Jaleel Okafor fight. Speeding and dad all in the same. Z- the Zaire Smith allergy. And I just put it in there. And Bede has a lot of smaller ones. Second broken foot. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, Shirley Temple's breaking his face on Fultz's shoulder. I guess, I don't know if he has one of them, but he has a collection of them. Sure. Even just nicknaming himself the process. Yeah. Which one the is whole like collective? The the one. Like what's the what's the one that this will be defined by? The I think there's one. I think there's too many for it to be one. There's too much v- variety mm-hmm. for it to be defined by one specific thing. But I feel like as far as what set the world on fire in a way we've never seen, it's Burner Gate. Yeah. 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 For sure. I think the you know the fact the unprecedented nature of how long this has gone on and how many like bullshit updates there have been and declaring war and now this becoming like a contract dependent conversation about mental health it's not fun for anyone um for sure uh those are little like niche strangeness and the false thing forgetting how to shoot as a number one pick and if you and, forgot, uh, the number one pick makes the false thing like that much. And they traded wilder. up. 
And they traded up for him with a rival. Like, yeah, that is for sure. And it wasn't just they forgot how to shoot. He forgot how to shoot. And then had a made up shoulder injury. And the mom was demanding that they take him to so many doctors that they find an injury. I mean, my God, I just. And somebody asked in the chat, uh, Zemethian asked if the Bynum thing counts. It doesn't. Bynum was pre-process so no for sure but i think it I, it counts as far as like modern sixers history because nothing sure. prior to that f- for like eight years made an impact whatsoever the bynum thing at the time was was wild no if we if the bynum thing happened and then we knew like here's what's on the horizon i wouldn't have batted an eye at the bynum stuff but at the time because there was so like hey congrats like andres nozioni is starting playoff games for you like that's not there's just there was nothing interesting about it. So then I was like, holy shit, we have this guy who's interesting and he's flamenco dancing and he's bowling and his knee has like cartilage and we're all learning about like how bones scrape together. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't really feel like playing at all and he never played a game. Um, Petri dish. That sucked. All of it. Um, Okafor, there's stuff like that similar. All There's a ton of, you know, killing, nearly killing Zaire was, was pretty rough. So is, um, is number two faults? I think so. I think because he's the number one pick, I think so. Yes. Okay. And this one's number three. Sure. That yeah. sounds fair. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the mailbag, you know, the housing market has settled down a little bit. But you want to, if you're going to buy or sell, you're going to want to do it before they raise interest rates, which they're going to do that. You need a realtor. Oh, my God. You see ads for them. You know, your, your dad's got a guy, you know. We got your realtor, Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, official realtor of the process. Now, where do they specialize? Delaware and Maryland. Delaware beaches, if you're going to buy a beach home, buy one now. Get set. You know, you have somewhere to go during the winter if you just want a weekend away uh, or during the summer over Jersey. You want to go Delaware beaches, lower property taxes, low interest rates, Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E. All of Delaware, if you want to buy a home just in Wilmington, Newcastle County or whatever. But the other thing is, if you're going to buy in Jersey, like I did, you're going to sell, buy or sell in PA, New York, wherever. You're going to refinance. You go to Kasabi anyway. He can't do it for you, but he will do the work to find you the best person. He's got his own people that do refinancing. I refinance with Kasabi. I'm just telling you, this whole thing, buying and selling a house, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on something that you're only really allowed to look at once or twice, it is terrifying. You need someone you can trust. Adam Kasabi, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. If you need anything, Man, he takes care of Ricky family. 302-864-8643. 302-864-8643. You can call or text. Take it from someone who has bought a house, sold a house, then bought another house. It's fucking terrible. Like, you just need somebody good. And Adam Kasabi is it. Official realtor of the process. Adam at processrealtor.com. All right. Here we go. Email from Steve, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. The interminable length of time without Embiid and watching this team's obvious struggles with him, without him, eight and two with him, two and six without, which seems about right giving historical precedent, had me thinking about a different version of this ideal scenario I was hoping for last year. Namely, I'm convinced that a fully healthy Joel who can play 38 minutes a game is as impactful on winning as any other player in the NBA. If we had gotten that for an entire seven-game series last year, I would have picked us over anyone, Bucks and Nets included. Knowing everything we know about the current roster, 
and assuming baseline health and play from these guys. Which of the following scenarios would make you most confident at the start of this year's playoffs? Number one, 25 returns and plays for the team, remaining an all-defense stud but with the same basic offensive game. Assume the crunch time stuff remains bad but not game seven Hawks bad. Number two, the Sixers trade him for a non-Lillard-level contributor who fits reasonably well and doesn't require sacrificing existing pieces. Think a Buddy Heald type. Or three, he remains on the roster and never shows up, but you are 100% guaranteed a fully healthy and in shape Embiid for every single playoff game. Which of the three would you pick? Uh, the third one. Over, Okay. Yeah, I think. I mean, the idea that he's coming back at this point is is it's it's never gonna happen. He's gone. Yeah, even if he somehow does and decide they finally agree to him, like he's not gonna try. It's out of it's. We're past it. It's mm-hmm. just like everyone being like, maybe he looks, maybe like he sees how good Maxi is and like feels like he could be helped. No, it's done. No. Everyone go almost home. makes it less likely. Max, I have playing. no idea. I have no idea. I don't care. I want it. It's over. Stop. Trying to get him to come. He doesn't want to come. Non-basketball comment. Anyone spending a week and presumably hours between setup and the disgusting act itself sifting poop for a $100 item with no sentimental value is a lunatic, an idiot, or both. That's fair. Yeah. I, I will say, like, the with the Embiid stuff, like, you look at it, because the East is open and the West is also open, everything's open, there's favorites, but like no one looks unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I think no one will look unstoppable because everyone has weaknesses. Um, the Warriors are going to add Clay Thompson. Sure. They're 15 yeah. and two. Yeah. The Suns. But it remains to be seen how, how much better Clay after this many, sure. yep. this much yep, time yep, off, yep. how much better than right. the way Jordan Poole has been playing because he's been playing pretty damn well. Um, it, my, I am more more willing to do the draft picks trade mm. than most people seem to be for Ben. I have almost no interest in role players. Um, no interest in role players. Mm. Getting a collection of guys just like doesn't do anything for me. But if you can get like three or four seasons of like the Spurs first rounders protected in some way, whatever, and like maybe you get a Dejounte Murray or a guy like that who gives you some speed and perimeter, perimeter creation uh outside of maxi then i would then we can we can talk I, I get why they're holding out but i feel like at this point holding out for something with ben and them trading their star for ben is way less likely and more aggravating uh the process of going through that than trading ben for picks and maybe one one or two guys that can kind of help or just salary filler and then reroute those picks to another team when they when they decide to actually rebuild. Because what you're asking teams to do is, hey, don't just rebuild, rebuild with Ben. Like that's the ask yeah. that you're trying to do. And tough, I think it's it's a hard for the teams hand. that have guys that we're interested in, it's a hard proposition. And so as much as I, I get why you're like, I don't want to do a half step with picks, or I get why Embiid maybe wouldn't want just draft picks this season. If you can sell everybody on like, hey, we're doing this for now, and then we're going to get the guy either at the deadline or 
next offseason if something doesn't happen. I I, I want to be patient about it and get those picks and be like some something right will come up and let's let's save our bullets for the right day. But Embiid's you know presumably alive, and if he's alive, he's healthy. Uh, and the and the it's open. There's a bunch of good teams, but like if, it's open, and the Sixers look good, and the vibe is vibes are good. So like, if you can try to get it now, I get it. But you know we're approaching December when some players are more eligible to be traded if they were just signed this offseason. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I go back and forth about it, but I, I'm I'm fine doing the picks thing now and figuring out the next move later because I think it gives you more options. If you had to bet everything you own on one team winning the championship this year, who would you bet on? Um. I think the the smart money is probably Brooklyn still. Hmm. Really? Um, I'd put it on the Bucks. I still. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I think people yeah. they 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 ended up looking really good against Phoenix. There was a really very interesting Rolling Stone article about how close they came to like shutting down the NBA Finals and Giannis getting it from his brother. And oh, if really? they had to go to a Game Seven, like they might have had to delay the season. And just been like, there's not enough players. Like it was because like a ton of players. I don't know if they said a ton of players or a ton of staff like got sick. Oh really? After the final, like right after the finals. Yeah. It was oh very, really? It was a pretty harrowing. Read being like how close it when came did that to come out? happening. Maybe like four days ago. Oh really? I didn't see Something it at like all. Yeah, yeah, in the Rolling Stone. Um, yeah, I I think I think Milwaukee's good. I picked them to win the championship before last season in this little pool I'm in. Um, but I also think that they're somewhat beatable in the sense that, like, Giannis still has the weaknesses he has. Drew is not an elite offensive player. Chris Middleton played incredibly well. He's a great player. But, like, they're not, they're not, that, they're not that deep. They're depending on a lot of Grayson Allen. Brooke Lopez hasn't been healthy in a long time. Like, there's just, like, a, a lot of guys. And it's also hard to win twice in a row. It just really is. So... I would take Brooklyn because I think when they're when they're at their best, they're really hard to to beat. Um, and I think the Warriors are very good, but could get thin in a in a playoff series in a way that Brooklyn wouldn't. Just thinking about how you called that retiree gone sanctimonious earlier and gave him the soft shit award. Just thinking about that for a second. Yeah. Uh, this this I, com- the- I, te- I texted him that I wanted to fight him, and he declined. <laughs> This then you ran after him like a bat out of hell. This comes from Rick in California. Spike and Mike salutations. This one is a tough call in my opinion. Here's the jigsaw. Option one for you know what we hey CJ could you pop up on the screen for a sec? Can we play audio while we talk on this thing or no? Because I would love to play the saw theme song, the, the jigsaw theme song. There's a way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not right now, but there's a way. Next time. Okay, yeah. cool. Anyway, I got to get one of those roadcaster things. So that way I can just do it, right? I'll do it without it. Anyway, option one, for the rest of your life, whether alone or among others, you must read aloud in its entirety each and every user agreement you encounter before signing. This mm. includes cell phone operating system updates and rental car contracts. You can't skim through or speed read. It must be at a reasonable pace, slow enough to grasp the details along the way. There are no exceptions. Yeah, I signed start paperwork yesterday, and those those things go on for a while. What paperwork? Start paperwork for shows. Okay. TV show. Option two. For the rest of your life, when entering a public restroom, you must go to the open urinal directly next to an occupied one, unless empty, in which case you'd pick the one closest to center. (laughs) Shit. 
then pull your pants down to the floor and pee mm-hmm. like a toddler. But mm-hmm. when done, you must <laughs> you must pull up your pants as if nothing was strange and carry on as usual. If anyone asks you what the hell is wrong with you, you must reply, that's how I go, bro, and walk out. Uh, don't love either. I feel like if I was doing the urinal thing, I would have to, after pulling my pants up, say done in a very like happy, <laughs> sort of like proud. Congratulatory. Yeah, of myself. Um, that's tough. Yeah. I'll... I'll go, I used to, my first job out here was uh, in business affairs. So I, I'll take, I'll take the user agreement. I'll take the user agreement. Like a toddler is such a funny thing. This comes from Kevin Sixers question. Has Furcon's hair gotten too long? I have been following the lovely locks of one Furcon Corkmas for some time now. It seems that his on-court game peaked a few weeks ago when his hair was at optimal length. It seemed like last year it was on the shorter end. And while he had his ups and downs, I felt his game really went to a new level earlier this season when he added a little more flow up top. But now it clearly looks like it needs a haircut and his game has suffered. Curious if both Spike and Mike's thoughts as they've gone through different hair lengths over the years, wondering how it affect their work life in any way. I want to see how long it can go. I'm, I'm all for FERC. You got to get through those awkward stages when you're growing hair out where, where you think you should cut it. And that's where FERC is right now. I want to see where he can get to. So I support growing it out. Yeah, it looks great. He's doing great. Um, CJ friggin' posted a his reel, including <laughs> editing he's done for us on this podcast. Yeah, and just like hard cuts of me deeply depressed in the pandemic in my old apartment <laughs> with with just atrocious hair. Knowing that it wasn't good, knowing knowing that I was just doing like a, an experiment with myself, but and being like, I wonder what it's going to feel like when I'm like past this phase, and like I look back, and it didn't feel good, it didn't feel didn't feel good, and so CJ just like ripping through, just like here's what I did. Look at this fucking asshole with this stupid hair. Every time uh, he get, goes to get a job, he sends it to them. Yeah, that's the one thing they want him. He wants. They really to want you to do hair cataloging. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think Korkma should should do what he wants and have a stylist. Because I didn't get it styled. It was obviously just a year of growing it out uh, natural. I grew my hair out long and uh, my hair gets curly when it's long. And it just, I fucking hated it. This was 45 now. Uh, Oh, more than 15 years ago. Uh, Non-basketball question. Does Mike like animals? We talk yes. about a lot about Spike's love of Rebel, Mike, and rest in peace, Alabama. Uh, and Mike is always good for a nice bark at the end of the big bark rads, but has Mike had dogs or cats in his life growing up? Does he plan on getting one in the future? Yes, animals. Uh, I feel like Alyssa and I went to the zoo, the San Diego Zoo, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Alyssa frequently makes fun of me because I just don't know anything about animals, and I'm frequently like baffled and a little bit suspicious when people do like how do they how do they know what what animal this is or what bug this is it's a bug or it's an animal and it's just like it is a thing and so i don't know and so she makes money for that um but i do like animals and i do find them uh charming and nice and i really like dogs i used to not like cats but then i started to really like some cats um and i think eventually we will get a dog once we uh once we figure out some stuff around here good would love to see that little 
like adoption special. Um, and finally, this comes from Ryan. And the subject line of Ryan's email was something like, should I get a new job? Hey, Spike and Mike. So recently I started a new job. Before this, I'd worked at my previous job for four years and the office there had individual bathrooms, not public bathroom stall style, just a personal room with a locking door. I didn't realize how good I had it. With a few years of the private bathroom life and a year and a half of working from home and using my own bathroom, I'd gotten accustomed to a certain way of living. Now I'm working in person three days a week in a large office that only has public bathrooms, multiple stalls, et cetera. I may be in the minority here, but I don't like to poop in the same room as other people. To me, if there's a person in the stall next to me, it's similar as if someone was in my shower while I pooped at home. And wouldn't that be weird? There's noises and smells. It should be a personal experience. So I've been trying to hold it while I'm at work Tuesday through Thursday, but obviously that makes for a very uncomfortable situation, intestinally speaking. Anyway, my question is this. Should I just quit this job and find a remote job or a job with better bathrooms or should I just grow up and, less, and let everyone listen to me shit? I feel like Mike and I may be pretty similar digestively just based on comments he's made. Thanks for everything. Can't wait for them to make the trade. At I've worked in this office at uh, the 20th uh, Century Fox lot. Uh, How My Mother was there. The Grinder was there. And I've been on a couple other shows that have been there for a little bit. Um, and so the it was like a four, four story building or so. And the first floor is just where the table reads are for mm -hmm. the shows. Um, and has some like actor offices and stuff in there, but there's a really good bathroom with only one stall in there in this bathroom. And so people would at the office just like go downstairs and use that bathroom to take a shit. But then so would also like people on the crew, and so occasionally you're like running into people, but that kind of thing of finding a sort of secret bathroom that only you get to use mm -hmm. or fewer people, there's less foot traffic there is something that I would, I would recommend trying to do. If you, if you don't like the job, then not having a good place to shit is a great reason to quit. Uh, there's a great reason to tell people why you quit. Um, but if you like the job, I feel like you can, you can be crafty about finding a, finding a little more privacy there. One of the things, unfortunate things for me is I've gotten to this point where I have a pretty professional position, but I don't dress like it. And I feel like my sneakers are like, if somebody sees my shoes in the bottom of my pants, they know that it's me. But I don't know how many years ago, it must've been 10 years ago. I just sort of decided, fuck it. And I just poop if there's somebody in there. And I just like, I can't be concerned with it anymore. I just don't have time. I'm too tired. Um, I don't, if I had an option, like if I did find the bathroom that nobody used on the floor above, I would use that. But I just, I don't, it, it just doesn't, doesn't bother me anymore, you know? So, but I agree with you. If you can find that one and if you're in an office building, you, you might be able to find that one, maybe in a different office, whatever. In any case, that's all we got. Golden State on Wednesday, Thanksgiving on Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. And then uh, Pod on Friday. And then maybe Joel after, uh, after that Wednesday game. I don't know. Fingers crossed. That'd be so nice. Would love to see him back. I think the crowd would go legitimately nuts for him. Because it's been oh, yeah. like, the team is likable. The team is, against all odds, likable. And there are guys to 
Nian gets guys fired up. Maxi obviously gets the fans fired up. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, when B-Ball Paul or Charles Bassey does anything, Cork my like there's a bunch of really, you know, Seth on a heater. It is, I think that the, that, like getting to live with those guys for a while mm-hmm. and feeling like, oh, these guys are some winning some games, they're hanging in, they're close on some others. I feel like the the fan base is going to like lose its collective mind once Joel comes back and goes like, okay, now that I think Joel has to be like, I know these guys are better than I probably thought they were. And so like, let's, let's go out. Let's go get hot. It'd be nice if yeah. they won just like eight straight after get after Seth back going again, get Ferk back going again. Totally. It'd be nice. I think, you know, yeah. it'd be nice. So, all right. Have a happy and healthy, mostly healthy and safe evening before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving. And that's all I got. You don't TTP. Yeah. You know. If you don't fuck with me, then I I won't fuck fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I I won't fuck with you. you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a plan B.